I know I said no more episodes, but we're going to do very, very short, small topics. Let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. Did they send me daughters when I asked for sons? You're the saddest bunch I've ever met, but you can bet So I've gone for a cover of a Disney song by a chap called Caleb Hiles, who's singing this really very dramatically. It looks like he's about to rip his shirt off. Once you find your center, you are sure to win. You're a spineless, pale, pathetic light, and you haven't got a clue. Somehow I'll become a Right, so we're going for the tough love approach then, and these small episodes are going to start with polyposis syndromes. I know we did a long episode on polyposis syndromes in the past, and looking back at that, I think it was a bit too long and a bit too detailed for what you need for the exam. So we're going to take away all the frills and give you just the 411 on polyposis syndromes. So we are going to divide polyposis syndromes into those with adenomatous polyps and those with hamartomatous polyps. We're going to start with the adenomatous polyps and the first syndrome is familial adenomatous polyposis, FAP. These patients present around the age of 16, around puberty. What is FAP? It's an autosomal dominant disease. In fact, every disease bar one that I'm going to mention in this little episode is autosomal dominant. So I'm not going to keep repeating myself. FAP, autosomal dominant, and it is a disease of thousands and thousands of polyps throughout the large bowel to a lesser extent in the small bowel. And you can also have polyps in the stomach. However, the polyps in the stomach are not adenomatous. These are inflammatory hyperplastic polyps. These adenomatous polyps are of course pre-malignant and so these patients have colon cancer by the time they are 35 to 40 years old. For this reason, standard of care in FAP is a prophylactic colectomy. They also have high risk of hepatoblastoma, 400 times higher risk, and dental anomalies. So let's say that again, FAP, familial adenomatous polyposis. A syndrome of thousands and thousands of polyps, usually under sort of five millimetres in size, throughout the large bowel, less so in the small bowel, plus some hyperplastic polyps in the stomach. They present around the age of 16 with PR bleeding, diarrhoea and anemia. The polyps, the thousands of polyps are all pre-malignant and these patients will have colon cancer by the time they are 35 to 40. So the standard of care, the treatment is prophylactic colectomy. The two additional things they are at risk of are hepatoblastoma, 400 times higher risk, and I did mention dental anomalies. So that's FAP. 
there are two variants of FAP you need to know. One is called Gardner's syndrome and one is called Turcotte's syndrome. Let's start with Gardner's and keep it very simple. If you have a nice garden, you have a dope garden. So dope is your mnemonic for Gardner syndrome. It's a variant of FAP, so you still have all the adenomatous polyps throughout the colon. You also have dope. You have desmoid tumours, osteomas, papillary thyroid cancer and epidermoid cysts. So that's FAP and the first variant of FAP, Gardner syndrome. The second variant is called Turcotte syndrome. I may be pronouncing that incorrectly. It was named after a chap called Jacques Turcotte, a Canadian surgeon. Presume French Canadian, so it may be Turco rather than Turcotte, but I digress. So the syndrome, Turcotte syndrome, is like with FAP, it has adenomatous polyps everywhere. Whereas Gardner syndrome was adenomatous polyps plus dope. Turcotte syndrome is adenomatous polyps plus a brain tumour. That brain tumour is either a glioblastoma or a medulloblastoma and the one that the patients get depend on which gene defect they have. People with Turcotte syndrome have one of two gene defects. The majority, two-thirds, have a defect in the APC gene. The APC gene is the same defect that causes FAP and these patients, like with FAP patients, will all have colon cancer by the time they're 35 to 40. These patients get medulloblastoma. The way I remember it is MAPS, the word MAPS, M for medulloblastoma and then APC, so MAP. The other group, the other third, have a defect in the HNPCC gene. This group get glioblastoma. They also are less likely to get colon cancer, but if they do get it, they'll get it earlier than those with the other defect. So from the top, we are doing polyposis syndromes. I'm trying to cover it very, very quickly within the space of 10 minutes. Polyposis syndromes we're dividing into adenomatous polyps and hamartomatous polyps. The adenomatous polyps, we began with familial adenomatous polyposis, FAP, a disease that presents around the age of puberty. It's a disease of thousands and thousands of adenomatous polyps, very small, usually less than five millimetres, throughout the colon, lesser in the small intestine, plus sometimes you can get inflammatory hyperplastic polyps in the stomach. The patients with FAP will present with PR bleeding, diarrhea and anemia and most of them, or actually practically all of them, will have colon cancer by the time they are 35 to 40. So the standard of care is a colectomy. They have a 400 times higher risk of hepatoblastoma. There are two variants that you need to know for FAP. The first is Gardner syndrome. Gardner syndrome is the adenomatous polyps of FAP with dope, desmoid tumours, osteomas, papillary thyroid cancer and epidermoid cysts. You should have already met Gardner syndrome because we talked about it in our bone tumours part one when we discussed osteomas. Right, the other variant is Turcotte syndrome, which is a adenomatous polyposis plus a brain tumour. The brain tumour is either a glioblastoma or a medulloblastoma. 
if the defect is in the APC gene, then they will have a medulloblastoma. If the defect is in the HNPCC gene, they will have a glioblastoma. So we've just been talking about the HNPCC gene, which leads us on nicely to our final adenomatous polyposis disease, HNPCC, hereditary non-polyposis colon cancer syndrome. It's also called Lynch syndrome with a Y, and it also features adenomatous polyps. The thing to remember about HNPCC is that it is associated with pretty much every cancer imaginable. You name it, they're at risk of it. Endometrial, ovarian, stomach, liver, small bowel. There is no point remembering them all because you may as well remember the ones they don't get. The only thing to remember is they will be in lots and lots of screening programs and most of them will end up with a prophylactic colectomy. So that was FAP, Gardner's and Turcotts and Hereditary Non-Polyposis Colon Cancer Syndrome, HNPCC or Lynch Syndrome. That's it for the adenomatous polyposis. Let's move on to our hamartomatous diseases but we need to listen to some more dramatic and motivational music before we move on. Tranquil as a forest, but a fire within. Once you find your center, you are sure to win. You're a spineless, pale, pathetic light, and you have as a forest but a fire within. It's like that song was written for radiologists. So I hope you're all pumped up and hyped up ready for the next half of this talk. This is hamartomatous polyps and we're going to start with everyone's favourite, Pute's Jiggers. So Pute's Jiggers is again autosomal dominant. Remember every single syndrome that I'm talking about is autosomal dominant apart from the last one. So Pute's Jiggers, a autosomal dominant hamartomatous polyposis. The hamartomatous polyps are pedunculated and they are usually throughout the small intestine. The mouth and esophagus are spared in Pute's jiggers, remember that. And these polyps will often act as lead points and cause intersusception. Very, very commonly in exam questions, the patient they talk about will present with intersusception and that will be your clue that this is Pute's Jeggers. But that won't be your only clue, there are other clues. The other clues are the patient will often be described as having perioral pigmentation 
and also pigmented spots around the lips and the gums. That will be a dead giveaway for pooch shaggers. And finally, they are at risk of loads of other malignancies. The hamartomatous polyps themselves are not pre-malignant, but these patients are at risk of other cancers. Cancers of the GI tract, so adenocarcinomas throughout the GI tract, adenoma malignum, which is an adenocarcinoma of the cervix, and then everything else, breast, pancreas, lung, uterus, you name it, they can get it. So let's quickly recap Pute's Jaggers. Pute's Jaggers is a hamartomatous polyposis with pedunculated hamartomatous polyps throughout the small bowel. They can also involve the stomach, but the mouth and the esophagus are spared. What's going to give away Pute's Jaggers in an exam? Three things, well two things really. The first is the presentation. The pedunculated hamartomatous polyps will act as lead points and cause intersusception. And often in exam questions, the patients with Pute's Jaggers will present with intersusception. The second thing to remember is they will have these perioral pigmentation and perioral or pigmented spots in the lips and gums. That will give it away also. Finally, they are associated with pretty much every cancer you can think of. Adenocarcinomas throughout the GI tract, although the polyps themselves are not malignant. Adenoma malignum, which is an adenocarcinoma of the cervix, and then everything else, breast, pancreas, lung, everything. The next hamartomatous syndrome is Cowden syndrome, C-O-W-D-E-N, Cowden syndrome. Again, autosomal dominant like everything else. And this is another syndrome of multiple hamartomatous polyps. These are usually found in the skin and the mucous membranes, but they are also involving the GI tract. These patients are at risk of the two Fs. The two Fs are follicular thyroid cancer plus other thyroid things like goiters and adenomas and fibrocystic breast disease plus breast cancer, the two Fs in Cowden syndrome. The only other thing of note in Cowden syndrome is they feature a skin lesion, which looks a lot like a basal cell carcinoma or a verruca on the face and head called a trichilomoma. It's a benign lesion and it's not particularly important apart from its invariable association with Cowden syndrome and a very good exam question. So trichilomomas are associated with Cowden syndrome. These are benign skin lesions, usually on the head and face. They look like smooth verrucas or they look like a basal cell carcinoma and are invariably associated with Cowden syndrome. I have seen exam questions where that lesion is described and the question is, what syndrome does this person have? So to recap, Cowden syndrome, again, autosomal dominant, multiple hamartomas, usually in the skin and mucous membranes, but also involving the GI tract. The cancers they are at risk of or the diseases they are at risk of are the two Fs, follicular thyroid cancer in 5%, plus other thyroid things like adenomas and goiters, and fibrocystic breast disease with up to 50% getting breast cancer. They are associated, or Cowden syndrome often features trichilomomas. These are benign basal cell cancer lookalike type lesions on the face and the neck. 
that's it for Cowden syndrome. We move on now finally to the only non-autosomal dominant syndrome to talk about today, Cronkite Canada. Now, I don't know why we have to learn a lot of these things because I was sitting in the library and a very experienced surgeon walked past me and looked over my shoulder and said, oh, you're learning about polyposis? And I said, yep. He had a look at my paper and said, Cronkite Canada, never heard of it. So clearly it's not that important, but for your exam, it's often featured in exam questions. So let's just cover it in a minute. By the way, if any of you ever have seen a case of Cronkite Canada syndrome, please do drop me an email. I'd be very interested to know. So what was I saying? It's the only non-inherited disorder in this list. And again, it's in the hamartomatous group, so it contains multiple hamartomatous polyps throughout the GI tract. How are you going to spot Cronkite Canada in an exam? Well, the way that I do it is I imagine a typical patient with Cronkite Canada. So it's a he because there's a slightly male predilection. He is a man in his 60s. He's 68 years old. Let's give him an old man's name. We'll call him Ernest. Okay, so Ernest goes to see his doctor because he has watery diarrhea. He has atrophy of his nails. His nails are all disfigured and discoloured. He is losing his hair and he has skin pigmentation, brownish skin pigmentation. Ernest goes off to have some imaging and the imaging finds lots and lots of polyps throughout his GI tract, mostly the stomach and the large bowel. The mucosa, the bowel mucosa, is also very edematous and inflamed. And that's it. That's Ernest and that's Cronkite Canada. Let's recap that quickly. So Cronkite Canada, the only one in our list that is not associated with any kind of malignancy and also not associated with any hereditary pattern. It's a disease of hamartomatous polyps and occurs with a slight male predilection in patients in their 60s. So we called him Ernest. Ernest went off to his doctor with watery diarrhea, nail changes, alopecia and brownish skin pigmentation. His imaging showed lots of hamartomatous polyps throughout his stomach and large bowel with edematous and inflamed bowel mucosa. That's it. That is all of our hamartomatous polyp syndrome. We did Putes Jeggers, Cowden's and Cronkite Canada. Let's go from the top and do all the syndromes very, very quickly. Time is racing toward us until the Exams. Okay, deep breath from the top. Let's see how fast I can say all this. 
We started off with the adenomatous polyposis syndrome, started with familial adenomatous polyposis, FAP. FAP is a disease of thousands and thousands of very small adenomatous polyps throughout the GI tract. These polyps are pre-malignant and the patients will have colon cancer by the time they are 35 to 40. They are treated with prophylactic colectomy. They present around the age of 16 with PR bleeding, diarrhea and anemia. High risk of hepatoblastoma, 400 times high risk and dental problems. There are two variants of FAP that I talked about. The first was Gardner syndrome. Gardner syndrome, you have a dope garden. So Gardner syndrome is adenomatous polyps plus dope, desmoid tumors, osteomas, papillary thyroid cancer and epidermoid cysts. The other variant was Turcot syndrome. Turcot syndrome is caused by a defect in one of two genes. If the defect is in the APC gene, which it is in two thirds of cases, you will get a medulloblastoma. MAPS is the way to remember that. And if the defect is in the HNPCC gene, the patients will get glioblastoma. The next one was then HNPCC, hereditary non-polyposis colon cancer syndrome, otherwise known as Lynch syndrome. This is again, like FAP, a syndrome of lots and lots of adenomatous polyps, and they are at risk of pretty much every malignancy under the sun. They are all in lots of different screening programs and most of them end up with a colectomy, just like the patients with FAP. That's it for the adenomatous polyps. Let's move on to the hamartomatous polyps, the first of which was Putes Jeggers. How are we going to spot Putes Jeggers in an exam? It is a disease of multiple hamartomatous polyps, mostly in the small intestine. The mouth and esophagus are often spared in Putes Jeggers. The best way to spot this in an exam is these pedunculated hamartomatous polyps often act as lead points and cause intersusception. And in exam questions, most of these patients will present with intersusception. Other things to remember, they will have perioral pigmentation and peri oh, spots on the lips and the gums. Loads of cancers associated with putes jeggers. Next was Cowden's syndrome. Cowden's syndrome is again a hamartomatous polyposis with polyps mostly in the skin and the mucous membranes, but you also get them in the GI tract. They are at risk of the two Fs. The first is follicular thyroid cancer in around 5% of patients, as well as other thyroid problems, thyroid coitus, thyroid adenomas. The second F is fibrous cystic breast disease with also 50% of them developing breast cancer. They are a Cowden syndrome has an association with trichilomomas. These are lesions on the face and head that look like basal cell carcinomas or look like verrucas. They're benign lesions but often mentioned in exam questions because they are associated invariably with Cowden syndrome. And finally, Cronkite Canada. Cronkite Canada syndrome is the only one that is not hereditary and also not associated with any malignancy. It is a hamartomatous polyposis and our pretend patient was called Ernest, I think he was, 68 years old, male, watery diarrhea, 
nail changes, nail atrophy, alopecia and brownish skin pigmentation. On imaging, loads of polyps, mostly in the stomach and the large bowel and edematous inflamed bowel mucosa. That's it. We have done polyposis syndromes. I think that took the whole of 20 minutes, so a lot shorter than the original episode, but a lot less of the nonsense that was in the first episode. Thanks for listening. We will try to keep doing short, quick episodes on small topics as the exam approaches. We won't be doing them regularly. They'll be very ad hoc. So please do give us a follow on whatever podcast provider you use and they will give you an update or give you an alert whenever a new episode is published. Keep revising, good luck, and we will see you soon. Mysterious as the dark side of